Hi, it's Dune here, your host and hype girl. And before we dive into today's episode, I want you to take a hot second to reflect. What's that passion, unique experience, or knowledge you have itching to be shared with the world? For me, it's always been about guiding you and cheerleading incredible women to start your businesses. So what's your thing? You see, everyone's got something they excel at, something they just can't stop talking about. And it turns out that one of the best ways to monetize those passions is through sharing that thing with the world as a digital course product. My life's work has been to chat with more than 600, 7, 8, and 9-figure e-commerce founders. And it's through those conversations that have led me to creating a foolproof playbook and my go-to guide for early-stage founders in the form of my first-ever digital program, e-commerce fundamentals. But it wouldn't have been possible without Thinkific. The beauty of this platform lies in its simplicity. Cute templates and a super easy to use editor. No coding headaches, no tech-induced stress, just pure focus on what matters most, the content. So if you've ever been curious about building a course to teach your passion, this is the way to do it. The genuine support from the Thinkific team turns it from this lonely, confusing headache into the most fulfilling and easy project. Go to the link in my show notes to get a free trial on me. This is Annette Azan for Female Startup Club. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. I'm your host, Duna Roisin, and joining me on the show today is the fairy boob mother, Annette Azan, founder of Nudie System. Nudie System is a radical innovation for women's boobs. It's something in between going braless and wearing a bra, and is an invention that all women can benefit from. It's been a decade-long journey so far for Annette, and in this episode, we cover everything from the very beginning when she would lock her prototypes in a safe, to spending years finding her manufacturing partner, how she launched a Kickstarter campaign with a goal to raise $10,000 but instead ended up closer to a million, and all the things she really didn't expect to see along the way. And please remember to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast if you're loving these episodes. It's how we find new ears, and it also brightens my day. This is Annette for Female Startup Club. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Annette, thank you so much for joining me on Female Startup Club today. Thanks. I am so excited to be here and uh, have this discussion. Me too. Me too. Do you want to start by introducing yourself and give us a bit of an overview of what your company is and who it's for? So um, my company is Nudie System. It's a radical innovation for boobs that is not a bra. And the company was actually initially formed 10 years ago, but the last five years has really been our building of the company. And uh, it is for anybody with boobs. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so good. I read that it took you three years to develop this patented product. So I want to go back to life before you got started. And I guess that means going back 10 years ago um, to find out what was happening in your life at that time and what really sparked that light bulb moment for you. Well, I've actually, um, my career has been in fashion and I've never been in the design portion of fashion. I've always been building a business from the business side. So I made a lot of designers, a lot of money uh, through the retail sector. But 10 years ago, I found myself in a quandary, like a lot of inventors, actually, with uh, my second wedding, with a very unusual wedding dress that was very skin bearing and the fabric was so light that basically Anything that I put underneath would show, either show uh, through the fabric or show because it was skin bearing. And so literally out of my eagerness and desperation to wear this wedding dress, I said a couple of weeks before I had bought this hideous second dress just in case I didn't come up with anything. <laughs> I was like, I wonder if I could just, you know, make something. So I basically went to the five and dime and I found a fabric never used for boobs. And my daughters and I actually started to hand sew the first nudie. And the minute that I put it on my body under my dress, I had this feeling. It was like this moment of like, wait a minute, I know I have something on, but I can't really feel it. And then when I looked in the mirror, I just looked like I was completely natural. My, my shapes, my boobs weren't shaped. Um, they looked real. Um, it looked like I was braless, but I had a little something, something. 
And that, knowing what I knew uh, with my 20 years of fashion experience, I said, you know what? I'm not the only one who needs this. A lot of women do. So that was my moment of aha. Sounds like magic for your boobs. Just like a little bit of magic. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I I never said like, oh, I'm going to make a bra. And and I knew the moment it got on the body, it wasn't a bra. This was really a different experience. Before we get into like how you actually got started and what those next steps were, can you just tell me what you were doing in fashion in the lead up to that? What was your kind of expertise yeah. in particular? So, you know, I, I went to FIT many, many years ago, again, in merchandising. And I had really been mostly in the retailer sector, marketing, um, helping larger companies. Um, like I used to work for Norma Kamali. So I worked for a lot of edgy people up to helping uh, Donna Karen uh, build Urban Zen in its very early years. Um, but also in between, I worked in the international markets um, for companies such as um, Dusseldorf Trade Shows, which is the largest fashion trade show in the world, helping them um, bridge U.S. designers to do uh, global business, which at the time nobody was doing, uh, you know, was uh, so, it was, you know, super interesting. So I, I understood um, from the ground what women wanted, which was important, and then also from the retail sector and also from a global viewpoint. So there was a lot of different types of expertise, but I really understood the needs of women. Love that. That's incredible. So you have this light bulb moment, you figure out the magic bra for your boob or the magic non-bra for your boobs during your wedding, the nudie. And then what happens? Do you like quit your job or are you like, okay, hang on, I need to like find a factory. What happens next? Yeah, so it's interesting because with that wedding, I was I had just left Urban Zen because I was kind of in a long distance relationship, and um, was actually going on my own to be freelance a stylist. So right after the wedding, I actually went back and I said, "Wow, okay, so this is happening in fashion, and this is missing." So I took that fabric and I was. Um, doing my own raw prototypes and, and testing them on my own body. And then I started to come up with the name. Um, and then the name Nudie was actually taken. Um, it was bought by somebody on GoDaddy. And so every couple of months I would check, is it available? So then I w- went to my local sewer and said, can you make this prototype on the machine? But it was a very specific type of construction and she could never really get it. So I put my, at the time, three prototypes in a safe and, you know, went on my way doing my freelance gigs. And every now and then I would, I would try to kind of say, hey, does anybody know anybody in the bra industry, blah, blah, blah. And um, it, it took me basically four years to find my um, partner who started the company with me, who comes from a uh, production background. And she helped me uh, take those initial prototypes, make them something. And then here we are today. <laughs> so wow gosh putting in a save I love that protecting yeah. it from the very get-go and I think what's important for everyone listening to um to think about is of course you should jump straight online and check out the the nudie because what's different about it is the way all of the straps can be displayed in 12 different ways so you can have it you know if, if you're wearing a one-sleeved dress or if you're wearing different styles it's perfect for everything, which is obviously so cool. When you met your business partner and you were able to figure out that production line, what was the development process like after that? And was it expensive? 
Oh How were you funding the business until that point? So, you know, it, it's scrappy. <laughs> it was super scrappy. <laughs> so, you know, at the beginning, I put some of my own money in, of course. Um, and the first kind of tranche of money went into uh, protecting what uh, was developed here. Okay, so that was IP. So mm-hmm. immediately we got um, a lawyer, best uh, IP lawyers in New York. Um, our cashment, and we went about to put in our application for our IP, which we have. We actually have two. And then it was a lot of testing because this was a product that had never been made before. So it wasn't like we were going into a bra company and easy development. So we had to come up with ways of manufacturing that did not exist. So that took much longer than we thought we had. And sometimes you just have to take that first step because, you know, if you look long term, you will come up with so many issues that will basically stop you from proceeding. And that's kind of the biggest thing that I will share. It's too momentous. It's like, you know, having a child like you don't want to think about anything, but like today having that child nursing them, whatever, because if you think about their whole life, it's like, oh, my God, I can't have a kid. It's the same thing, <laughs> it's the same thing with a startup. It's like. Had we known what we know what you now, we would have probably never started. It would have been too much. But we had to test because Nudie is a product that has no hardware. It has no adjustments. Uh, it's all about hugging your natural shape. And that's really the purpose of it is calling BS on the bra industry. I mean, think about it. Bras were actually made to reshape you. And in the reshaping of women's bodies, it basically tells you you're not all right the way you are. And that is really the power of nudie. It's, it's allowing women to say, I'm all right with my boobs just the way they are. But having said that, it gives you a little comfort between you and the world. It hugs, right? hugs your natural shape, and but still keeping your own unique shape. That's really powerful. That's why right now, the timing is such that women want to be able to feel authentic. I just saw that there was a movie being um, produced about women going gray and accepting it. It's kind of the same thing. It's just like women are, are ready to just be whoever they want to be. It's so interesting. I've never thought of bras like that, but it's so true. And I'm having this moment of like, holy shit, that's crazy. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yep. Was the um, nudie, the way that it looks today, is that the way that it looked when you sewed it for yourself at your wedding? So the, it was always a double strap, um, but the way that my dress was, I, I created the first one as a halter. So, you know, it didn't. And so the halter would have been more of a specialty uh, product. So we decided instead of going out with the halter first, but the halter is coming, <laughs> um, that, we would, that we would connect those straps down so that it would be more of an everyday uh, nudie. So mm-hmm. we decided to go ahead and um, launch with that. Uh, but we have many more nudies down the down the pike. <laughs> We're super excited about that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I bet. Yeah. So you get the product. What happens next? How do you start marketing? How do you start telling people about this amazing invention that you've come up with? Yeah. So I, I didn't answer your question before about money. I, so the first thing we did was I put some of my own money. I convinced some of my uh, kind of friends and contacts that I knew to 
give me a loan because right then we didn't even have pro- right prototypes. We just had my raw one. Uh, and people did believe in me. So they put their money down and then, you know, slowly started to build uh, once we are, were closer to a finished prototype. It was really interesting. Like the first, so the first two people were women. Then after that, it was three men. Uh, and it was usually men that knew me. Uh, that saw the pitch, saw women trying on Moody for the first time, hearing them like it was just natural and organic, like squealing, crying, blah, blah, blah. And they just, there was no convincing. I didn't have to have a whole deck ready because they saw it for themselves. A lot of Mm. them also, a lot of them had, um, you know, obviously women in their lives or daughters or whatever. Uh, and so we just basically were raising on convertible note and we still are actually raising on convertible note up until now. So that's kind of, you know, how it was in terms of building out um, the money over the years. What does convertible note mean? Convertible note is actually a debt note. So convertible note um, does not give you equity, but what it is, it's a, um, a note that says, um, I'm giving you this money. They make some interest and it will convert at such a time that you have a an equity round, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's clever instead of giving away equity. Yeah. And usually there's a cap. So there's a, a lot of plus, plus pluses with uh, notes. You know, you usually give them a discount and then you're capping off at a certain valuation. So, you know, if you can raise on convertible note as long as you can, it's much better. And it's also really exciting for those early investors as well. You know, because mm. yeah, they're getting money back sooner. Yeah, well, you and also if you get get you know if you're going to an equity round with a VC or PE, you know, a lot of times they may want to even buy out some of those early um, investors when they come mm. in. Got it. Cool. Yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, so let's get back into the marketing of what happens when you when you get into that launch phase and you start spreading the word and you start getting women to know about your product. How are you doing that? So at the very beginning, until we had both of our patents uh, completely approved, we kept it really, really close to us because, you know, knowing the industry, it's a huge knockoff industry. And we knew that we could protect our IP, meaning the design and what it looks like. But we knew that how we were marketing Nudie, which is true to itself, we could not protect. So our very first test uh, website that we opened, we actually had a password protected. Basically, it was just people we knew or people that knew us. They would have to ask for a password then they would go in. So we basically did that for six months to make sure that everything was working. So I also joined a group that was um, very uh, amazingly supportive and they were super excited called the Wolfers. The Wolfers is a group of women over 40. And so that was our big launch was um, the founder of the Wolfers, Nina Collins, literally just fell in love with Moody and decided that, you know, she was going to wear it with the Wolfers group. They have 30,000 women around the world. So like the December before we like did our big launch, the women had Wolf the, had it on at their Christmas party. And all of a sudden we started to have incredible orders from all over the world. It was like all night, bing, 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 because it's attached to my phone. So all night I'm going, oh my God, we're getting orders from all over the world. So then we started to ship. So we had this test website to make sure that everything worked, right? Because you want to make sure your manufacturing works and, you know, your sizing's right. People are getting it. Blah, blah, blah. So that that went for a while. And, you know, again, still kind of going out, uh, you know, pitching VCs, blah, blah, blah. Um, but everybody's saying, you know, you need to have a million in sales. You need to have two millions in sales. You need, it's like all these things. And, you know, whether, whether they're true or whether they're not true, we don't know. But we were not getting uh, the VC money. So decided that, you know what? Okay, we're getting really great response. Let's just do Kickstarter. I say that very kind of lightly. Let's just do Kickstarter because it is a <laughs> lot of effing work. I'm just telling you, it's a lot. To be successful with Kickstarter, you have to be prepared to, number one, know your market, understand how success is made with Kickstarter because it's not just you just go on and like suddenly it's a flame because there are tens of thousands of campaigns out there. So you have to do marketing. You know, you have to do advertising. You have to have money for that. You have to give every um, photograph and every piece of your copy time and attention because Kickstarter, especially if you're a woman's business, Kickstarter is predominantly men. It's 65% of men. So we knew that in order to be successful, that we would need to reach not only women on Kickstarter, but men. And so we were able to do that successfully with the boob fairy, <laughs> with our video. 
The video was. Oh, it's so good. It's so amazing. Yeah, it was edgy. It was funny. It was, uh, you know, tongue in cheek. Uh, it was all the things that needed to be. And so we had such incredible support with men, men buying it. And it was really, it was so, it was such an incredible experience because you're going from like zero to, you know, like a thousand in no time. You know, the first two hours of Kickstarter, we did 50,000. Oh, goodness. And your yeah. goal was 10,000, I saw. Yes. yes. <laughs> it was just like, you know, and, and again, your your phone is connected to it. So you basically see everybody's name coming up, right? Mm-hmm. And then we had incredible feedback. Like we would have guys that didn't have a woman in their life that would just put in $5 and, and they would say, you know, we're putting this money in because we want to see Victoria's Secret, you know, gone and Playtex gone. We want our women to be free. And I mean, it was just, an amazing, amazing experience. I mean, you obviously struck a serious nerve with men and women uh, all over the world because I read that you had about 12,000 backers. Yes. You reached almost a million dollars in funding. Yes. I really want to try and understand, you know, more of how you like got that success, you know, the time that it took to prepare, the money that it cost to to launch a campaign. Um, Yes. Yeah. And so, yeah, if you could share a little bit more about that. It took a lot longer than we thought. So, it, it, you know, you have to be approved by Kickstarter number one. So, you know, that's applications fairly simple, but it took us three solid months to prepare for it. The video, we used an outside um, amazing production agency that we were super fortunate to get <laughs> because we are small fry in basically what they do. Um and we had to have, you know, a marketing arm that does advertising for us. And we had one of the best. We had, we actually got, we were fortunate in that they choose who they will market because their campaigns are all over a million dollars. They just, you know, they, they have so much business and they have so much success that they look at your assets and they say, you know, are you, you know, is this possible that these people will have success? And usually you have to have your video done. So they take a look at your video. Our video was not done. We were, we were already behind on our video. But they liked the product as much in the team and believed in us that they actually took us on. So those two factions, I would say, are the biggest. Your video has to speak to you, has to speak to the audience. They have to get it. And also the advertising. Um, and the, the great thing is, is that even though we were fairly new, we had all that time into de- development and we were in front of so many women that we were able to build our marketing on the experience of the feedback of these women. So usually a company would open up and they would kind of be testing or, or, or coming up with um, marketing strategies not based on real experiences. So we knew what spoke to these women. And so, you know, even though it took that length of time to get the production right, it was like really great time because we knew exactly how to reach these women. So then you inject that in every piece of copy in the Kickstarter was every word was, you know, thought and rethought and rewritten over and over again. I mean, it was really an incredible process. And then we would farm it out and we would have, you know, test groups. Is this resonating with you? And then we would come back and redo it. 
Mm. Yeah. Wow. Focus yeah. groups I mean, for the Kickstarter. Crazy. Totally. Totally. Then, you know, how are you explaining your assets? Then you're really looking at each, um, you know, you have different buckets of um, pledge, pledge groups, uh, you know, diving in and looking at that. And so everything was with a fine tooth comb because you've got such a finite period of time. Right. And part of Kickstarter success is you have to reach your goal like as soon as you launch, because what happens is Kickstarter's algorithm, if you've reached your goal, then shoots you up as the best of, and then they start to market you. Right. right. Okay. It, yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's like success breeds success. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Okay. And so are you able to share how much does it cost to, to fund like that Kickstarter campaign in terms of like what you invested in the advertising, what you invested in the video kind of, you know, you really had to lean into it, it sounds. Um, and it sounds like it was a big investment. Yes. Yeah. You, yeah, you do. So we, we spent in just the preparation of Kickstarter, I'm going to say around 25,000. And then we spent another 120 on, on advertising. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's incredible. And so it was obviously funded within a few minutes. Like if you had reached 50 grand in, in two hours, I'm sure it was, you know, funded in 10 minutes. What happened after that? How did you guys keep kind of putting it out there and how long did the whole campaign go for? So the Kickstarter campaign was 30 days because, you know, we were working with some people who had done a really successful campaign. So it was wonderful. We got their feedback and they said, you know, the thing is you have to keep powering, uh, but putting money in for advertising. So, you know, the longer the campaign is, the more money you have to have for advertising. And sometimes it's not worth it. So we did 30 days in Kickstarter. And then when we ended Kickstarter, we had, we, we were ending on such a high note, like people were still, you know, big time pledging we decided to then roll it over to Indiegogo. Okay, so we did 750 in sales and Kickstarter, rolled it into Indiegogo on demand and then raised another 200,000. Oh my God, I didn't even know you could do that. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So you just roll the assets over and because it's gonna, it takes companies, um, even like ourselves, months to produce that merchandise after a campaign and then, ship everything. So we knew we couldn't go back to opening our website. So it's better to just kind of, you know, keep selling. And so that's what happened basically from the time we launched Kickstarter, June 11th to the end of the year, we were pretty much just on crowdfunding. Mm, Wow. That's so interesting. And that brought us 16,000 customers around the globe. Oh my gosh. That's a nifty little... (laughs) customer base to get started with. Holy moly. Yeah. What came out of that experience that you didn't expect aside from obviously the massive growth? I didn't expect uh, as much emotional connection to the product. I mean, I say that, but I take it back because we did see that one-on-one with women. But again, what we didn't expect was the men. In, in crowdfunding, mm. you that, you know, it's, I say, hate to say it, because it's really not about men, but men responded in such a positive way. And I know a lot that has to do with the lingerie industry and, and how we looked has been so much focused on, it's been man-centric for so many years, right? But what the message was, was, you know, men just want us to be ourselves. I love that. That is so cool. 
And what are your biggest learnings from it that you could share for other founders who are thinking about going through that process and looking for like, you know, key advice, key tips, and and especially what did you receive from that other company that was helping you who had also gone through a successful campaign? Yeah, um, you don't rush into anything. Um, also to do work ahead of time. Like I think if you're completely out the door and don't really know, you haven't tested anything, uh, it's a real pop shot to go into a Kickstarter campaign. Like really building some basis before you go into it, because once you're in there, it's fast tracking. And if you don't know what track you're supposed to be on, it could just be explosive. You know, it could just be not not worth it and all over the place. It mm. has to be so so defined. You have to know exactly who you are, um, and uh, and who you're marketing to. Totally. So the campaign. When did that finish? When did that wrap up? So Indiegogo wrapped up at the end of last year in uh, 2019, and then we uh, shipped everybody uh, at the end of January, and then we reopened our website. Um, So we went from a test website to a real website, and it's like, okay, now (laughs) let's go out into the big world, and that was super exciting. But we were taking that 16,000 customers with us, right, as the basis. Mm -hmm. And so what happened? So um, first of all, it was interesting. What we tracked was we had people that went from Kickstarter uh, who pledged, who got their product, that went back to Indiegogo, pledged again. They came back to the website that bought more. So we had that happening at the same time. We didn't do any advertising for the first two months of our website. Um, We just basically were building our email campaigns and reselling the people we had already sold to because that was enough (laughs) at that point. And then we started our advertising campaign in April, just in time for COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. The timing on that was in a way for us, superb. Yeah. I I kind of feel like that would have worked in your favor. No, like women are at home. They don't want to wear bras. They want an alternative. Totally. They want comfort. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they were ditching their bras. They were, I mean, timing was just um, key for us. I mean, it's horrible to say. I kind of um, <laughs> I'm at odds with myself thinking about that, but it was true. Women just realized, like, oh, so why did I why did I feel like I had to wear a bra? Because women really feel forced. They feel forced to wear bras. That's the biggest issue. So they're returning to nudie. Um, we had you know eyes on uh, the internet because you know people were working from home. So. It was like an amazing time for us for growth. And so we have been building ever since. So where we started in April, we've more than doubled in sales now. Oh, wow. Congrats. Yeah. That's so cool. Thank How you. does it work for you guys on social media, like on um, platforms like Facebook and Instagram? I know there are, you know, there are hurdles when you're using that kind of marketing to market bras and, and women and bodies and that kind of thing. How does it go for you guys? What's your experience? Yeah, you know, we're doing, we're doing something really different here. Um, so, you know, we are building a completely new category for boobs. So our challenge is to get women to understand that is, it isn't bras or braless. There's now nudie that's in between bras and braless. So it's like that messaging. You have to tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them and tell them what you told them over and over again, because women just want us, they see something on the boobs. They want to say it's a bra. 
and we need to manage expectations. So our marketing uh, campaigns um, had to be so um, targeted with how we explain new, I mean, people, women still just say bra, and then some people really understand once they get it that it's not a bra and why. But, you know, we're, we're building a category, which is basically duty. That's a tall order. I think that's amazing. What I, what I mean though, is with platforms like Facebook and Instagram, Mm -hmm. they can ban your ads really like easily. And, you know, by having, you know, lingerie swimwear, it's a difficult category to market. And that's where I'm wondering if you've experienced that problem and if you have hurdles with that. We do, and we experience them on a weekly basis. You know, there's an algorithm in Facebook that, you know, just we don't even know why, but they'll just ban an ad. And so that is, you know, you're basically challenging them continually, even to be verified. Okay, so we have spent now hundreds of thousands of dollars on advertising between Facebook, uh, between um, the crowdfunding and our website, and, and we're still not verified on Instagram. And we don't know why, (laughs) you know, it's just, um, and there's nobody to talk to. It's like, they're so large. It's super frustrating. And we work with a um, well-seasoned marketing company. You just have to deal with it when it comes along, but you know, it's, it's, uh, it's been a challenge. You're completely right. And I have no, um, wonderful, uh, solution to that, except that you just have to go in and re-challenge when they, kick your ass mm. out. I guess the wonderful thing about it though, is that it forces you to not be so reliant on one channel and it, you know, makes you build the, build the moat with all the other, yes. you know, correct. owned channels and, and PR and things like that. Correct. Correct. And, and influencers, it's been really amazing. You know, we've had um, so many uh, influencers that have just reached out to us um, when again, they feel a connection to what we're doing here and so we've really been able to build our community organically on our influencers who, who are, you know, are not doing it for pay, but they really feel something. Mm, totally. I can definitely see that. I can feel it through your, through your content. Something that I saw online that made my heart feel really so good was that all your products are made by women in the U.S. and sometimes up to the age of 94 years old. Can you tell me about that and how one makes that commitment and goes about actually, you know, bringing that to fruition? Okay, so the two two parts. Um, so we are made in the U.S. We know the women by name, and I have to tell you, it's the whole, you know, the process of developing um, with them was so beautiful because when we launched, I mean, there were tears from our manufacturers. Tears. These women. You know, when we first went in, they they all thought we were crazy because they're like, we're going to make what? <laughs> because this was like innovation. They, they didn't even believe it could really be done. And that sort of connection and knowing, you know, how, the conditions uh, that your factory is made in, it, it's, it's just, it's all real from the beginning of the weaving of the fabric until we, you know, we fulfill it. We have a fulfillment center in Long Island. It's women run, you know? So that's kind of the trueness. And then nudie has been on women from 14 to 94. I actually have a, a wonderful video of three generations wearing nudie. Oh. 29, 62, and the mother who is 94. Oh. All wearing them and all loving them. 
That is so amazing. So we, you know, we would love to continue to um, manufacture in the U.S. You know, they, we've had some challenges with COVID. You know, our factory was shut down for almost two months, which was super difficult because it was just the time where our sales started to take off. And then we basically had to pull everything back because we just didn't have enough inventory. We were selling out of things. You know, we're asking people to be patient, but it's just what what happened, right? Um, so... That was just, it was like staring a ship through a storm. And actually, it kind of still is. You still know, is, like, yeah. Is COVID going to shut us down again? Like, what's going to happen? We just don't know what's going to happen, right? And, um, yeah. As you grow and expand, how do you navigate whether you should stay, you know, operating and manufacturing out of the U.S. or whether you should look to outsource? Is, is that a decision you have to make or are you already decided and you will stay in the U.S.? Um, again, we we really don't know what's going to happen. I, I think it's much easier to do a product that involves development right here. Like if you're close, mm. um, mm-hmm. you know, you can fly down easily, you know, you have a sample in a day, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, we kind of keep that door open. Again, uh, you know, especially here in America where we know manufacturing jobs are being lost on a daily basis. I'd love to, you know, as long as the price can stay good while paying people a living wage, you know, people think, Oh, why is Moody so expensive? It's like we pay people living wages. You know, we don't. Is it expensive? I don't think so. Well, it's all relative, right? (laughs) Yeah. um, But I thought it was pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. um, So, you know, ultimately we will stay here in some form. I, I don't know what the future brings. Um, you know, if we have a huge, say we would love to be in Sephora, any Sephora out there. Um, but if we do a big strategic partnership where, you know, we, we grow, you know, immensely where our factory can grow with us, perhaps we would look, but we would look to make sure that at the bottom line, um, that the things that are important to us as a company uh, translate over to whatever factory conditions, pay, et cetera, et cetera. Mm, yeah, totally. So as of today and like looking to the future, where is the company now and what's coming next that you can tell us about? So excited about next year. Um, we're going to be launching some new styles, colors. I don't want to say too much about the product, <laughs> but lots of things there. Again, we hope to have some strategic partnerships, um, some possibly you know, celebrity partnerships, um, lots, lots happening there. Um, again, we kind of, it, it's, it's very interesting because with COVID, it has, you can only think maybe a week or two in advance. It's like you, you don't plan on anything. So we almost have like two plans happening at the same time. Okay, so what happens if this happens? And then, and then if in the best case circumstance, then this can happen. So we have both and we will next year would have had, we would have had a year behind us of um, web sales with some hardcore metrics, which, you know, all the investors want to see. So then we will be able to go in front of uh, VCs again and with sales behind us and strong metrics and branding behind us and um, hopefully go to an equity round. Ooh, so exciting. Holy moly. With a strong valuation. Yes. I mean, yeah. surely, yeah. surely you need to be on Shark Tank, obviously. Yeah. I think we're past Shark Tank. Our Shark Tank was Kickstarter. That's true. That's yeah. true. 
What advice do you have for women who have a big idea and want to start a business? Um, you know, everything starts with the idea, right? It starts with the dream. And then it goes to the knowing. Like, uh, I think a lot of people have amazing ideas, but you have to have the belief system, which is what I had 10 years ago. Because when you think 10 years is a really long time, right? So it's the knowing inside of you that powers you. So dream, knowing, and then it's like a marathon. You have to prepare yourself mentally and physically to know that this could be longer, shorter, that it only takes maybe one large investor. It only takes the first few people to um, buy in, put their money down, and not to be not to be dissuaded by no. Love that because there's a lot of no's. <laughs> there's a lot of no's, yeah. Lots of rejection. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of money out there. I know that um, I feel confident that the timing will be such that we will get the right investor at the right time. So, you know, I do have that belief. And feel enough passion for what you're doing. Like I never thought, oh, I knew that this was big. But, you know, that first feeling was like, I'm a woman. I come from a woman's family. I have daughters. It's like the bigness that I feel about me is how it's really going to change our lives. Like, and, oh, by the way, that means it'll be super successful financially. It's not like, oh, this is going to make a lot of money, but not. it's like, because that part just wouldn't power me personally. And I don't think it powers a lot of people um, at the beginning. So that's, that's some of my advice. Thank you very much. <laughs> we are up to the six quick questions part of the episode. And we might've touched on this one already a little bit, but question number one is what's your why? My why is basically what I said. You know, I, again, being in front of women for so many years and, you know, I've seen them in all sorts of uh, positions um, where they've really haven't accepted and loved their body. And I could see that chipping away at their self-esteem. We as women have so much power and we have so much power within ourselves. It starts with our bodies that if we woke up every morning, not even loving it, but just accepting it, what we could do in the world. We have a lot of important work to do here, especially now. It's like, just carry this body along as your foundation and let's get on with it. So that's kind of my why this movie. Totally. Question number two is what's been the number one marketing moment that's made your business pop? And again, I'm sure I know the answer. <laughs> it was Kickstarter. Yeah, it was Kickstarter. Uh, Kickstarter, our video, all our photos, etc. Yeah. That and also I have to say we, we did a very, very initial, nobody's seen a, uh, it's not it's not public, it's always been private, but maybe one day we'll make it public. But we had four women at the very initial phase come in. Nobody knew about nudie and we just basically handed them nudie and then we caught them on camera. And that was the number one video that got um, investors investing in us because they could see it was just real. Um, and that was also super powerful. I love that. That kind of reminds me of when they did the campaign for um, Da Vinci's painting last year and they, they just recorded people's expressions, seeing it for the first That's time. 
That was yeah. so powerful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, you can't, you know, when it's real, it's real. <laughs> it's the best. Totally. Totally. Question number three is where do you hang out to get smarter? What are you reading? What are you listening to? Who are you hanging out with? So my daughters got a lot either, you know, they're both psychology majors. Um, you know, they're 21 and 24. I learned so much from them. Uh, my team, I have to say my team is everything from early twenties to fifties. Uh, so, you know, we collect, we make decisions collectively, whether it's colors or talking about marketing you know, or marketing people, West coast, East coast. Um, you know, I'm in groups, so I'm in the Wolfers group, you know, women over 40. We, we, we've learned a lot. That group has been super interesting. Um, you know, I love medium because, you know, again, that's, that's taking it directly back to the people. So, you know, LinkedIn, all the, all the other great things, you know, just articles, um, you know, women, you have to be brave. It's, it's, you have to take your courage into being in the startup world because we're behind the eight ball. I mean, I'm a woman of color, so I'm like behind, behind the eight ball, you know, um, but you can't let any of that stop you. Totally. Totally. Question number four is how do you win the day? And that's around your AM and PM rituals that keep you feeling happy and successful and motivated and productive. Now it's easier because, because we're out there in the world and it could just be an email that we've received. Like I'll just share this uh, email and that keeps me going. A woman said, you know, I had to go to emergency surgery and I just have to tell you that, you know, I'm packing to go to surgery. And my husband turned to me and said, why don't you bring your nudie? Um, and she said, I brought it to the hospital with me and I could keep it on. I didn't have to be flopping all over the place. They put my EKG in. But those sorts, that sort of feedback can power me for months. We share all of that as a group and that keeps us going like, Oh my God. Okay. We're onto the right thing. We're onto the right thing. And, and so it's really easy now that we're out in the world. It wasn't as easier when we were <laughs> kind of just creating it on our own. Um, yeah. Gosh, that's so special. So powerful. Question number five is if you only had a thousand dollars left in your business bank account, where would you spend it? On my team. Because, you know, we can, with, with marketing now, you can, you can do a lot of, you don't have to be advertising, right? So uh, my team is, is where everything starts, right? So I would, I would spend it on my team because as a group, we can come up with great ideas and be, you know, on the ground doing it. Mm, yeah, totally. And question number six, last question is how do you deal with failure? And it can be around a personal experience or just your general mindset and approach. Yeah. You know, my friends call me like an internal optimist. Um, uh, I, I actually had an internet company called Fashion One-on-One. -on -One. I was creating um, many years ago when at the very beginning of the boom of the internet and it was, I used to be in the trade show industry. And so it was a virtual trade show. So I kind of, I knew what was going on. And then the internet crashed uh, at the time. And it was just when I was going out and I was close to getting my funding of uh, $1.2 million. So I've, I've seen failure. That was like getting, uh, that was like getting my master's, I must say, building that. So I also come from a family of people who have never worked for anyone else. So I'm used to, I'm used to my own work 
<laughs> and not working for, for others. So for me, failure is just like a blip. It's just like a blip. And it's, it's just kind of having the confidence that, okay, so this didn't work. Something else could work. Mm-hmm. Got the passion to keep on going. The fire. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's the fire. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was just amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast today and for sharing your incredible story and what you've been developing for women uh, all around the world. It's just so inspiring to see and I really love what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. This was really fun. Thank you for letting me share my story. Hey, it's June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash Hype Club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show, and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash Hype Club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that. Mm-hmm.